Welcome to the Ashley Surratt Show. Each week, we'll talk about topics that will help you perceive God's closeness, enjoy His approachability, and grow confident He's all up in your space in the best way. This show is for you if Christian lingo gives you the egg, your Bible reading isn't accompanied by a beautiful latte, or you wonder if you can participate in the faith if you don't fit in with the culture. I'm obsessed with making sure you know there's a place for you here. Welcome to the Ashley Surratt Show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Ashley Surratt Show. Today, as you read in the title, we'll be talking about Dean's birth story, what it was like saving gender till birth, and postpartum going from one to two, and postpartum anxiety, all of that. Um, because that's a lot, we probably should just get straight into it. My guest is, you guessed it, Trevor. Do you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let's start right away with Dean's birth story. Here's some background information. We have two kids. Our firstborn is a girl. Her name's Amelia. She goes by Millie. Well, she goes by both. She goes by Amelia and Millie. And if you ask her, it's Minnie. <laughs> and if you ask her, she does say Minnie, which is a very precious. Um, and we have a son that was born in March named Dean. The Bean. Dean the Bean. Dean and Millie are 18 months apart. Exactly. To the date. Yeah, oh my gosh, you're right. Exactly. They were both born the 13th. Yeah, they're eight, exactly 18 months and about 12 hours apart. Um, but I will say their births were wildly different. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Dean's birth story. I'm reading my notes and it says, it all started with Takiro Mucho, but... Which is not what it's called. Before we started before we started this episode, Trevor reminded me that it didn't all start at Takiro Mucho. It so I don't even that. know if that's a place. If you're listening and you know of a place called Takiro Mucho, <laughs> congratulations. You're the only listener who's ever heard oh of that gosh. place. It started at Las Tequilas, Jalisco. In, well, I don't oh. want to say where it is, but... Okay. It's We don't want to deter anyone from eating there <laughs> unless you're about to give birth. Then I oh, my it. gosh. <laughs> we ate there one night late in late February. I was 35 weeks pregnant and six days. Yeah. We were going out for a beautiful, beautiful family dinner. Mm-hmm. Then that night, food poisoning came for Trevor and I both. Yeah. It was which, really bad. Which food poisoning never comes for me, especially yeah. for Mexican food places. And it came for me. So, but it didn't come for Millie. Did not come for Millie. Thank goodness. Could it be because she didn't eat her dinner that night? It could be. <laughs> so if you have a kid that doesn't eat, the good news is... It could be God's they plan. They are probably just avoiding food poisoning. <laughs> it and could be. And they're actually smarter than all of us. Um, that reminds me, this is off topic, of those theories that are like, if you get stuck at a red light, it's because God's protecting you from a wreck that you would have gone if you could have gone. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. God is often protecting our toddler from food poisoning <laughs> yeah. like he was that night. Anywho, we got food poisoning that next that night going to the next day. It was really awful. It spiraled me into some very violent de- dehydration. I'm going to spare details because that's not what this podcast is about. What other D word were you about to say? What did you say? <laughs> I said dehydration, Trump. Oh, I heard a different diet. Oh, no. Dehydration. And, um... Yeah, it was really hard to keep fluids in your body. Yeah. And so, anyways, with all that, I started having contractions. I am like, that's bizarre. I don't remember contractions being a symptom of food poisoning. So, we called labor and delivery and just, like, let them know mm-hmm. um, this was going on. And they said... Well, you probably should come in. So we did. Yeah, we did. We went to the hospital. We went to the hospital, had my mom take Millie. I was four centimeters dilated, but they really didn't want our baby to come because 
Um, I wasn't at 36 weeks yet. And so we stayed there overnight. And honestly, that was that was really rough because first off, I was obviously discomfort like in discomfort like I mentioned before we chose to not figure out our baby's gender until he was born and so we were just like a little bit more antsy about having him I was already hooked up to the machines like I was already uncomfortable so I was kind of ready just to like get it over with mm-hmm. but Trevor was sick as well mm-hmm. and he was you know sick all night on the cot in the hospital room next to me and so like you know <laughs> yeah i but, had to spend extra days on that darn cot <laughs> i do not want i to wanted hear. the baby to come because i'd already spent a night on the Trevor, cot and i didn't want to do anymore i don't want to hear it and i'm willing to bet our listeners don't want to hear it yeah there's good news though when we get to that part yeah cot if you get delta cot if you do get food poisoning from takira mucho <laughs> all that to say you obviously want your spouse to be up and at him for your kid's birth and trevor was not up in adam that night he was out for the count i was out in eve (laughs) yeah oh i get it (laughs) (laughs) um okay all that to say we stayed overnight we went home i was still at a four to five depending like between four to five centimeters dilated what i didn't know when i went home that day was i was going to stay in early labor for three weeks my contractions were roughly 30 minutes apart give or take for three weeks and between then and when we went into the doctor's office i did go into labor and delivery five times mm-hmm. so one of the times we went in they like you know they wanted to do an ultrasound to make sure he or she was doing well and the doctor comes in and you know looks around and is like oh yep yeah, she's doing great and yeah and we both lock eyes immediately because we were like, oh my gosh, he doesn't even know what he just did. We had been waiting 30, at that point, like 37 years. It felt yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> not knowing what our baby's gender was. We could have cracked. We had the answer in an envelope this whole time, but we didn't. Mm-hmm. And then our doctor just flippantly came in and just said like, oh, she looks great. Not yeah. referring to me, referring to the baby. Yeah. And we were truly baffled because you had symptoms of both, like the old wives' tales. So we really didn't know. Yeah. If it was a boy, if it was a girl, like we weren't really leaning on one way or the other. And then after that, we were like, wow, he just blew it. All of this mystery. So we went out to eat Not against my will. <laughs> against my will, more Mexican food. <laughs> Remember, we went to Super Taco? Super Taco is a different caliber. <laughs> Anywho, and we discussed the girl name we had agreed on. We're like, is this her? Is this Yeah, we like- had to rethink it all. Because now I, now I was unsure. Now that I had to be committed to it, I got cold feet. Yeah. Anyways, that's like our wedding. No, just kidding. Okay, <laughs> I'm editing that out. <laughs> um, okay, fast forward to the day that Dean ended up actually coming, March 13th. Woke up around 7 a.m., was having contractions. Obviously, didn't think much of it because, well, why would I? Right. Um, but then they were like getting pretty severe, like pretty painful. Like, I wasn't really able to really talk through them at all. So. We decided it was time for us to get to the hospital again. Did you feel like, I don't want to say the little boy who cried wolf, because I was obviously just doing my best to listen to my body, but I can't think of a better way to ask. Like, did you feel like this was like a false alarm? No. The the, the way that I could tell that this was the actual time was you downplaying it. Because all the other times you're like, ah, I think I'm having contractions. We need to call the doctor. Let's call the doctor. Is it too late? Do you think we should just go over there? 
I was like, I don't think this is it. Maybe they are. We should call the doctor for sure, but I don't think so. But as soon as you're saying, ah, these are just like all the last ones. These are nothing. <laughs> this is nothing's gonna happen. This is just like the last one. It's just another fake. That's when I knew that I needed to start like packing our stuff up. That's funny. Well, when we were on our way to the hospital, the like little country road that we have to take to get to the highway for like months had been under construction, mm-hmm. and we had traditionally waited like what. 25 minutes at least to get through. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. And I had so much, like, anxiety about it. Like, what if it's time to go and then we have to wait 25 minutes? Because 25 minutes is a big deal, especially if it's your second baby. You know, they say it comes so much faster. Yeah, we'd heard so many, like, I don't want to say horror stories, but so many of our friends telling us that, like, on the second kid, like, them arriving at the the emergency room or wherever, almost too late. Like, not making it to the delivery room, having to deliver in the ER. Yeah, which is not something I was interested in doing. But I will say, we, like, pulled in and, like, we were, like, the last car. We, like, that got to go right away. Yes. He just, like, it was, like, do I wave him through? Do I stop him? And I wasn't stopping. Yeah. You could say And that. he didn't ask me to. So it all worked out. So it did work out. You you could say, that's a God moment. It's God, it was a God moment. Or as I like to say, and that's just God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, anyways, all that to say, we get to the hospital, and news to us, they're supposed to be three delivering doctors, but two are enjoying their beautiful spring break, Mm -hmm. so there's only one. There are three women who were at a six slash seven centimeters dilated, and the nurse kind of made like a joke, like like about how it's kind of a race, because we're all kind of progressing at the same pace. Ha ha ha, who will have their baby first? Ha ha ha. Mm Mm-hmm. And Ashley decided she was going to win. <laughs> and when the nurse made that joke, you were in last place. I was in last place. And who did win? I did win. You won. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I did win. And we, it was way more traumatic than uh, being the instant winner at HEB. But. Yeah, yeah, it was. The, the doctor was set up to catch another baby. I was convinced our baby was more than crowning. Yeah, we have I can to, see just the the, ner- the fear in the nurse's eyes of them yeah, like, like, trying to communicate with the Yeah, like, somebody come in here and catch this baby? Yeah. And then, obviously, like, you know, the doctor, like, flies in here, but then she has other babies to catch, so she was in and out. Mm-hmm. But they pull him out, which we thought was a her. And it was said, a her. And it's it was, a boy. <laughs> it was him. It was Dean the Bean. And it was our Dean the Bean. So we were surprised. Okay. Yeah. Moving into saving gender till birth, and like when I say it out loud, it does kind of sound like saving sex till marriage. <laughs> it does. It's like yeah, it's a form of celibacy. Of but knowledge. it like it was just so much clunkier to say like waiting to figure out gender. At, I don't know. Whatever. Couple questions. Number one, whose idea was it? It was your idea. It was my idea. You were uh, you were sold by some crooked salespeople. <laughs> I can think of about five people off the top of my head who did it and absolutely loved it, swear by it. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was going to be a really great surprise, like a motivation to go through labor again. Yeah. And I I do hear that point still to this day. Okay, number two, was it hard? Oh, yeah. It was very hard. I think it was harder on me. I don't know. I guess maybe emotionally because there was only, I couldn't like picture what the dynamic was going to look like already having a daughter like if i was gonna have two girls what would it be look like having raising two daughters if it was a daughter and a son what are all those gonna look like i think it'd be more fun to just know and then like kind of get to explore what that looks like 
But when there's every option available, it's easier just to not think about it. Just be like, oh, this is too much. I already think too much anyway. I just don't think about it. And I feel like that like pre-birth emotional bond maybe was kind of missing. Mm. Um, of just like the pondering and the thinking. I feel like I just didn't think. It didn't help that we. I was also already taking care of Millie. So like there was distractions right in front of me. So maybe that's a common just like second kid feeling. I don't know. You're saying like second kid feeling being... Like, you just like you're already so distracted with your first. Oh, you don't feel like there's you like, think bo- and ponder the second There's already boots on ground. There's already food yeah. on the floor. There's noise. <laughs> there's singing. Like there's just like you spend like more time engaged with her than you do thinking about the next one. Yeah, anyway, and the so. next one's like not not kicking you, so it's easy for it to be like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, Dean did not kick me once. But, yeah. Uh, prepartum, pre-pregnancy. I yeah. Um, I personally did not think it was hard until. I started having contractions because then, like, obviously you're going to have anticipation. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was hard then. I will say I find I thought it was really hard after he was born, but we'll get to that in a second. Okay, the next question is what about the nursery setup and clothes and nesting? How would you guys handle that if you didn't know the gender of the baby? Yeah, we just kind of did it. Yeah. I mean, that part was pretty easy. That, was, that worked well in our situation because – as I've shared on other episodes, we haven't had like a permanent home and the house that we're living in, we moved in with it decorated. So there, like, there's not. It just stayed decorated. Most of all the key stuff we just reuse. So like really the only things we were getting were like clothes. We just needed to get honestly a handful of clothes for him once he was born. Yeah. Um, but it's not like there was a room for us to set up for him or anything and yeah. that's the other thing is we were gifted such nice jammies for millie at our baby shower we like i would hate for them to go to waste so we would just use millie's fairly magnetic jammies in the night especially if he had like you know pooed through all the ones the three pair that we own yeah and i think part of it too is i think i just like i think i see like purple and i don't think girl color because i grew up in purple being the hometown that I'm from, all of our my middle school colors were purple, elementary school, and then it changed in high school, but until then it was all purple. So I see purple, I think, oh, like basketball game or <laughs> football practice. So Dean rocking purple. I was didn't think twice about it. Yeah. Okay, so I guess your final review, what would your like final consensus be? If someone were to ask you, oh, you guys saved gender till birth? I'm thinking about doing it. Should I? No, don't do it. I'd say no. I don't want to do it again. Yeah. I think the, the, and maybe it's me. I didn't carry the child, so I didn't, like, need to look forward to birth. The only thing I was looking <laughs> forward to was, like, maybe a nice non-cot, which I did get. They put me in a cot when we were sick, but as when we stayed overnight, they moved us into, like, the postpartum room, and I got a pull-out couch. Upgrade. Yeah. It was so really nice of them. It's a happy ending either way, whether you wait <laughs> for the gender or don't. There is a pullout coach waiting for you if you go to our hospital. At our specific hospital in the middle of nowhere. I don't want to speak for all hospitals, but I will speak for Baylor Scott and White. Um, I wouldn't. It wasn't fun. Like, at no part <laughs> of it that I think this is fun. I Even when we were, like, we figured it out. I was like, oh, okay. It was more of a matter of fact, I think. Interesting. Yeah. I agree. I personally... Will not be doing it again. I didn't really have a hard time with it, like I said, while I was pregnant. But I 
did have a hard time with it like in the early days when he was born like the first honestly month and a half it's just like i felt like i was in such shock that he was actually a boy mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like that i wanted to enjoy my baby not be surprised by my baby yeah and i did feel like i just kind of didn't like feels bonded maybe yeah i just didn't like get to connect or use his name or like imagine him or like as corny as this is pray for him like by name whenever i was pregnant and i didn't realize that was going to make me feel so distant but yeah and i think did. when i think when we found out millie was a girl we were like sitting on the couch we were planning to surprise our parents it was like we're gonna have a daughter we got to talk about like what having a girl would be like the initial girl names we liked when we found out Dean was a boy <laughs> on the operating table, I was like, babe, stay away, stay away. The doctor's yelling oh my, my name. Dad, 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 are you going to cut the umbilical cord? You need scissors. I need scissors. Stat, where are the scissors? We got to do surgery. Dad, what are you doing? Pay attention. Cut the cord, cut the cord, cut the cord. Oh I feel like I was back at basic training oh my with just chaos around me. It was, and there's, it was chaotic. And there's less of like a moment of like acknowledging our son. Yeah. It was more of just like... That's just, well put. Yeah. That's that's well put. I will say, I'm not I'm not bragging about being unique, but I have never met somebody who's done it and didn't like it. I feel like everybody yeah. we know who's just done it... Just why we're making this podcast, because those people's voices need to be countered. Yeah. <laughs> I, and think we say that, I think they're a loud minority. <laughs> and we do say that, that with all the love. That scared to speak of against. Yeah. We do love you guys, but we just disagree. Okay, moving into the third segment of our episode, our postpartum journey going from zero to, excuse me, going from one to Zero to to 100, children. (laughs) We are the dogs from 101. Oh my gosh. Okay, people, I have, I was told that going from zero to one was going to be um, easier than going from one to two by various sources. And that was just not my particular experience. I disagree with those people too. And they're different people. It's not like all the same people are full of bad advice. It's it's all kinds of people. More people. Everyone was telling us that. Yeah. And I think it also has to do with your your personality, your kids' personalities, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the like the age gap between your kids. Like, are you are you adding a newborn into the mix when you have a seven year old or when you have an eighteen year old? Like. That's going to be very different, you know? Well, I don't know, because we had as close of kids as you can really have together. Like, very few people have kids closer in age than ours. And I thought going from one to two was so much easier than zero to one. Yeah. No, I, I do agree with you. So, me and Trump both say going from zero to one kids was just a bigger deal. Yeah. And more think, of an adjustment. I think the, the hardest... What makes going from zero to one so much harder than going from one to two is when you go from one to two, you're playing the same game. It's just a harder level. It's like you're playing Call of Duty. You've been playing Call of Duty with your friends, and then they just move it into hardcore mode. The buttons are the same. Everything's a little bit different. It's a little bit harder, but it's the same game. Going from zero to one is like going from Call of Duty to FIFA. And you're playing, now you're just playing soccer. There's, it's a completely (laughs) different game, completely different buttons, a completely different genre. You just have no idea what is even going, what are the rules? I don't know any of the rules. How do I play? Who's good? I don't even know who's good. Who's a good (laughs) soccer player? What do you mean? Like, I just don't know. Oh, how come everyone's like, how come they're doing things that I don't even know how to do? There's the secret buttons. It's just chaos. I think that 
going from zero, you just don't know anything about kids. They have a little fever. Well, they have got, are they a little warm? Do we take them to the hospital right now? You know, how do I change a diaper? What can I wipe? What can't I wipe? <laughs> With the second one, I just think it's a little bit easy. You've been doing it. You know what to expect. There's just two of them now. And it's, yeah. that part's hard. But you still know for mm-hmm. the most part what's going on. I think the hardest part going from one to two for me was the very beginning, the physicality of it. Like you're going back to work. Obviously, I had just given birth, so like I'm not, I'm not moving, I'm not lifting, and then it's like you know you're holding your baby, and then your toddler is climbing on something, and you're not supposed to lift more than ten pounds, but your toddler is more than ten pounds, and so you're like, what do I do? You can't like lurch off the couch like you used to. Yeah. I obviously could have never conjured up a video game reference, but I do agree with you. Yeah, that's for the niche audience out there that does, but um, but yeah, um, it's like I think been going from one to two. We're like, well, you're gonna sleep less. Well, I haven't been sleeping. I haven't slept in two years. So <laughs> it's fine. You yeah. just like you're used to it. You're in that pace. That's true. Yeah. You're already playing the game. Yeah. The big one. Another big difference between last postpartum season and this one was obviously Millie was born during COVID, and we ended up not having any visitors. For COVID reasons, like the hospital wouldn't let any visitors in. And then we were like not wanting her to be exposed to just everything and anything. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know I was going to love it, but I loved it. It was so fun. Like it was our first time being a family. I actually love COVID. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I loved having it just be like just our family time. I feel like we really got to bond. I felt like you got to have so much skin on skin time with Millie. We, I just got to hold her all day and watch movies. And then with Dean, no COVID. So we had family coming in. We had visitors at the hospital. Instantly. And that was also really nice because, like, they were able to keep up with Millie. I kind of knew what to expect, so I was a little bit more open to visitors. It just mm-hmm. shook out really well. Um, so if you're if you're planning your visitor policy, food for thought. Food for thought. Okay. Well, I feel like I had one more thing on my list. Oh, duh, postpartum This Food for Thought is brought to you by Takira Mucho. (laughs) Oh, and then this postpartum has been honestly much better than Millie because of two things. One is, like I said, we know we kind of knew what to expect. And I feel like I'm able to trust my mom intuition way more. I was just so overwhelmed with Millie. I, like, trusting my gut what is she about? I never did that. It was just like all about following all the papers, following all the rules, following the schedule. I was like, we were on WebMD so much more. Yeah. It was the first two weeks. Trevor and I, nobody slept when Millie was sleeping. And we literally wrote down every poopy and wet diaper on a piece of paper with a mechanical pen, yeah. an analog pen. We traded 12-hour shifts. Yeah. We didn't do that anymore. We both trusted our parental gut, which mm-hmm. made it so much better. And then... Looking back, I definitely feel like I had postpartum anxiety with Millie, but it's just such a big life change. Like, how are you supposed to know if it's if you're adjusting or if you are actually going through some type of postpartum anxiety? But with Dean, I noticed that like I was not feeling right in the head, and I should be feeling confident on how to take care of a kid because I had done it before. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to my doctor about it, and he asked if I wanted to go to therapy. Oh, I already go. And then he asked if I wanted to get on a prescription. And I said yes, but I, I'm i pretty sure I came home and was like, I got it, I went and picked it up, but I'm not going to take it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I said, no, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and that night I was like, oh. that sounds an awful lot like, I don't think these contractions are real. I think these are just <laughs> the fake ones. We don't need to do anything. I, the most anxiety I've ever experienced in my life, or one of the most anxious nights, was that night when I was planning, should I take it, should I not? And, you know, they like say you should take it with dinner. Anyways, I took it that night and then I couldn't sleep all night because I was like, did I make a terrible decision? Yeah. There's and, definitely a small case of worse before it gets better. Yeah. Very slightly. Yeah. I ended up praying that I would like have some type of sign. I say that in a sarcastic tone of voice, but I actually did pray that. And I woke up the next morning and a podcast that I subscribed to had... Um, Joe Rogan. <laughs> it was not Joe Rogan. <laughs> had the podcast title that said like, postpartum anxiety i got a notification like confession that was essentially the title and i just went ahead and took it as god's sign kept taking it and i'm like a new woman so if you are in the postpartum season and you're praying for a sign maybe this is your sign or maybe it's helpful to hear or maybe you should just talk to a therapist okay okay <laughs> but i'm saying okay to clarify if you're if you or prescribed medication and you're feeling anxious like was this the right choice i'm just here to say that was my situation too yeah that's a better way to phrase it thank you for catching me <laughs> <laughs> anyways all that to say this has been really fun going from one to two this is fun so if you have if you're zero to one and you're worried about the next step in our experience it's been much better so don't like think that you're repeating zero to one you're not it's gonna be that's different yeah. Trust your parental instincts. It's going to be great. And like that's, you know, considering you've got a normal pregnancy, everything goes smooth. Just like your normal adding a second child to the family. Um, yeah. Has been a great experience. And if you need help with a couple tips, follow Trevor on Instagram because he does have a highlighted series called Dad Tips. Yeah. I do have Dad Tips. Do not uh, confuse them with professional medical advice, but they are... But they will serve you, don't you think? They will serve you. They'll serve you well. No. I should be a doctor, I think. Oh, cut it out. No, no, no. Anyways, thank you guys for taking the time to hit play. You know, I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to say next. If you subscribe to my show, it would mean a lot. Send it to somebody who's pregnant or send it to somebody who's flirting with the idea of, should I save gender tell me? almost said marriage. <laughs> <laughs> should I save gender tell birth? And obviously, obviously, a review... That would be very touching for me if you want to give my show a review. Anyways, I hope you guys are doing well, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye.